Hey, Jake, I like video games. Hey, Tony, I like video games, too. Well, know what that means. It's a new episode of Hey, I Like That Game. Hey, I like that game. We're playing with our friends. We'll play each all of these games to the end. Tony. That's not good. It's time for jingles again. <laughs> that was perfect. Come on. It's like an anime opening, and well, we're playing I, this really anime game. I, uh, it's pretty bad. But you know what? It was bad, <laughs> but you're not bad, Jake. What's Aww. up, buddy? Thanks, Tony. You're not bad either. You're a pretty, pretty radical co-host. <laughs> um, so it's been a little bit since we've put out an episode. What have you been gaming? Well, I have been gaming on Luigi's Mansion 3, finally, finally out, and I played all of it. Uh, I'm actually a little glad that we had a bit more time before recording, because, you know, Tony was a busy boy and had real boy work to do, which, you know, we have real jobs. Crazy enough, this doesn't pay our bills. Squarespace isn't returning our emails about being a sponsor, so, you know, we need to still work. I feel like Lisa. Any day now they're going to call us. Any, any day. Stamps.com. We're <laughs> open to any of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> Blue Apron. Get at me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, I finished it, played it. I loved it. I know like a lot of your concerns about Luigi's Mansion 1, of it being too short of a game, and things getting a little stale. Those are a addressed a bit more here so like say in uh, luigi's mansion each room in that game was like something that could like feasibly be in a real mansion but in luigi's mansion 3 it's in a hotel each different like level or stage is a different floor and that's really just an excuse for the developers to just like put weird freaky floors in there like they have like an overgrown greenhouse level there's like an egyptian pyramid you're in a pirate ship or like a medieval arena so it's just like all pretenses thrown out the window and like all i think like 13 floors have completely different themes and it gets really cool and really wild and leads to some cool boss fights there's a a, like a pirate ship battle and like a kaiju style battle that all like make sense in the plot they don't just come out of nowhere it's like okay there was some lead up to that actually anyway it's really cool there's a lot of fun new mechanics that allow for really great puzzle gameplay which it mostly relies on like there's boss fights and there's basically puzzles and in between that like little skirmishes here and there how's that guigi Ooh, guigi that leads to some really fun uh puzzle mechanics because you know it's a separate entity you get to control and you know acts exactly the same as luigi we can like slip through metal gratings uh but like dissolves if he ever touches water and stuff like that utilizing guigi is like always something they incorporate into the puzzles so like each floor kind of has like a new mechanic either in like the types of switches they use or like mechanics in the level there's sand and the egyptian pyramid level that you like push and pull around and that can be used for that's used for a lot of puzzle mechanics um so guiji is just like another key that can be used to make new challenges and that's done really well in this game where I didn't really feel like the puzzle gameplay got stale. Like, a lot of the non-boss combat got stale, and honestly, I think all the boss fights go on just a bit too long. Like, maybe one or two cycles too long, and you get bored frustrated by it. Not that it's ever, like, truly difficult, but it can still just be, like, a little frustrating. My complaints are more nitpicks. It's oozing with charm, as always. There's, like, great humor and development for luigi and it's just proof that luigi is so much cooler than mario right uh this from what i've read and from your recommendation here th- this game seems a lot more for me than the original mm. the original yeah. game like there's because it has some variations to the gameplay but it still holds on to that same charm so yeah th- this is one that i'll be kind of on the lookout for maybe maybe not buying it this year but maybe next year um, yeah, check it on a discount. I would, yeah. I would definitely recommend it. I would recommend yeah. it to anybody. Um, I know one of the reasons why I loved it so much is I love Luigi's Mansion One, um, but I also just think this is this is a much better game. Yeah, cool. I, I'm glad to hear it. That's awesome. Yeah, and then um, I also finally finished up Pokemon Ultra Sun uh, just in time for the release of Sword and Shield, which is coming out on uh, Friday. We're recording this on a, on a Wednesday, so two days from recording. 
Uh, by the time you listen to this, it's probably already out. Uh, so if you are playing it, I hope you enjoy it. But I don't know how much you know of Tony, but there has been uh, a lot more, I think, controversy around this Pokemon game. So there's usually like a little bit of, I don't want to say complaining, because that kind of gives it like a negative connotation where it's sort of critique that Pokemon hasn't really done a whole lot to further its games in the last 25 years. And that was a lot more pronounced with this game, one with it being the first full series game on a home console, so giving it like a more powerful platform. And then what made a lot of people mostly angry, and I think kind of what kicked this off, was the announcement that they're not releasing all, like the full Pokedex for this game, uh, or not releasing the national decks is what, what it's called. And they gave the announcement that they're not including all the Pokemon because they want to develop the game in, uh, I guess, a more robust way. You know, better animations, better balance, make it just like a bigger game. And that has been called into question by a lot of people with how much of, how many Pokemon were omitted. I think like about half or so were, were snapped out of existence there. Yeah, and yeah. Like animation, the way yeah, they call it, <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. But like, but on top of that, Jake, there there is mm-hmm. this concern that Game Freak has said, "Hey, we're doing this to better animations, to be focused more on the details." But then right. people have people have data mined that, like, hey, a lot of these models look like they're the exact same from Sun and Moon, and like, hey, some of your open world stuff doesn't look like you really paid attention to detail. So there, there is some rightful complaining online about mm-hmm. the the reasons that Game Freak gave for why they are leaving some pieces out of the game. So normally I think gamers are the worst <laughs> or at least or these like <laughs> gamers in mass are the worst cuz we tend to complain about a lot of stuff when um when it, it doesn't seem fully justified, but I think some of the things here can be justified in a little bit uh in, in some ways only because of the way that Game Freak responded to them, not because there isn't legitimate reasons for the way they developed their game. I mean, none of us know that piece, right? So right. Who, we, we can't all be armchair uh, game developers, especially with you know the biggest franchise in, in media history. Um, right, yeah. That's the fun fact, is Pokemon is the highest earning media franchise ever. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, 70-something billion dollars. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, huge. Yeah, it's, fucking, it's fucking crazy. So I, I was just gonna I was just gonna pitch it to you like what's what's your take on all this? Are you angry? Are you um, fine with this stuff? Like what what are your thoughts on all of this like negativity swirling around the game before it's even out? I'm not angry as much as I'm disappointed. Let's say like an angry angry parent. <laughs> um, Pokemon is is worth a stupid amount of money and it makes a huge amount of money and. It would have been really cool for them to put more of those resources into, you know, their flagship series and make something more robust. On the other side of the token is I'm I'm still very excited for this game. I think the criticism against it is is valid, but I'm still really excited to play a new Pokemon game. Uh, the stuff like the, the Wildlands, the raid battles uh, look really cool, and the reviews have started coming out for it, and the reviews are... are are solid that it's like a good well-made pokemon game kotaku gave it a good review i'm i'm excited and i mean i gotta catch me a surfetched so like that uh, that i'm looking forward to yep. i'm right there with you on that one piece brother yeah i mean i'm a little uh on on it but i still i'm still really excited to buy the game and to play the game and i guess kind of like my hot take uh is that it's okay to be mad and upset about the game and to express that to people but like don't be toxic about it it's not good for other gamers and it's okay to like disagree and explain why that you're not excited for it but don't don't yuck somebody's yum and if you don't want to play the game that's that's also good don't vote with your wallet and show game freak that if you want more from the games then you won't buy something that it seems they didn't put their full effort in, but yeah. I don't know. I'm still going to play it. I'm still going to be, try to be positive about it. Yeah. And I'm kind of in the same, I'm in the same realm here. It's like, I would rather be positive about this than negative. Um, especially cause I don't have my hands on the game yet. Like when I play the game, if I'm up, if I 
mm-hmm. uh, am upset by some things or I feel like it's shoddily put together, you know, I, I will I will voice that opinion. But until I have a chance to play it, I, I'm kind, I'm going to stay positive on it. Um, I haven't loved every Pokemon game that's ever came out, and this could be just another one of those. Like, I haven't fell in love with a Pokemon game really since, like, Diamond and Pearl. I really like that that generation mm-hmm. and since then they've really been hit or miss to me i thought sun and moon were like a, a good departure so i'm ready for this to be another like departure from um the norm but if it but if it falls flat it falls flat like whatever it's pokemon games even the worst pokemon game is better than 90 percent of the games out there um, at least in my mind <laughs> right? you know because again mo- i think so too yeah. monster catching and training it's the best type of video game but in my mind this the problems people are bringing up with this and the problems that, you know, I've seen from the, the pre-release coverage uh, just speaks more to um, something that I think we've seen for the past, I don't know, five to, t- five to seven years or so, where I feel like Japanese game development in some some lights are just not keeping up with the the demands of, like, the Western audience um, and, and maybe more of, like, the international audience in general. Um, like, you take a look at games like uh like i love monster hunter world right i think that game plays incredible and it's i love monster hunter but that game has some really really dumb and asinine parts to it right where it's just like man why did you make that decision why is this working the way it is like the way that like uh you know cutscenes work in that game the way that you like team up with people it's like you really have to learn how to play that game in a lot of different ways when it could be easier right there are a lot of barriers to this like being able to play together in that game like right. it's been a consistent thing when you and i play right it. exactly and and i think you can see that across a lot of japanese like developed games and i think that's what some of the problems are here like pokemon has in the past had you know fairly good online but it's never really cracked that nut really and it looks like this game's gonna fall into those same things i i don't want to fault them for saying hey uh, we don't want to bring a thousand Pokemon over to this game because that that is going to make uh, balancing the game incredibly hard. It's going to take up a ton of space. It's going to make for an ultimately worse quality product, I would think. So I'm fine with them cutting the the list of Pokemon out. But if that's what you're going to do, then I really want this to be a curated, solid experience. And if it if it falls on some of those extra things, then it's like. Yeah, you're 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 just not meeting the quality expectation that I expect from you, um, especially with the amount of video games that are in the world now and they are coming out every day. There's more and more video games every single day, and a lot of very very good video games. It would suck to see a Pokemon game not nail it when they could. So it's mm-hmm. it's to me it's it's more of a telling of Japanese game development not nailing online features or not nailing you know exactly what their customers want which should be obtainable it should be obtainable at this point so it it just makes me feel like the 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 Japanese developers need to try to listen a little bit more still make the game that you want to make i mean Obviously, if you listen to all of your fans to make a game, it would it'd be an unholy mess. <laughs> like the car Homer Simpson made. Right, exactly. But I, I feel like they, they should they should listen a little bit more for the next releases. But like the other thing is, maybe there's something else bigger in the works. Maybe there is. Maybe there's something that we're not seeing here. I mean, they did just... They, they put out that Pokemon Home thing where you can bring all your... Transfer all your Pokemon to like a, uh, a single reserve thing. So they didn't just make that... And then say, well, that's just for nothing, for people just to sit their Pokemon there. Something will come of that, right? Like, you, you gotta imagine there'll be, like, a Pokemon Stadium-like game to come out at some point. Or maybe, you know, the game after this will be the one where they can really stretch and go for something. Again, this is their first, tra- like, traditional Pokemon game that's on a full console. Regardless, I feel like this game's gonna be just fine, but I reserve judgment to talk about some of its uh some of the things i like and don't like about it next time i get my hands on it right yeah i mean just fine for a pokemon game is still a yeah damn good game as far as i'm concerned exactly so i am uh, one last thing about the pokemon and we'll hop it over to what you've been playing um i'm interested i am interested to see how this affects uh competitive play pokemon oh yeah because it cuts out a lot of the main staples um and then finally in an effort to be more positive about video games, I want to apologize to Final Fantasy XIV and all of its fans. <laughs> you can play that game. It's fine. It's fine with me. 
You have my blessing. <laughs> dude, enjoy it. Dude, I, I, in in another timeline, you enjoyed that game, and we'd and we're still playing that game right now. And like, man, I keep seeing articles about cool stuff that's happening in that game. You know through the expansions and it's like man some of that sounds really cool like i just saw an article today where they're talking about this new event where it's like a crafting event which sounds boring as fuck but it's all wrapped around this whole thing where like you're rebuilding a town so like you get together with your buddies and you do a bunch of crafting stuff to build a city back from ruin which sounds fucking cool that sounds awesome okay that does actually sound like a cool concept screw it we're shutting it down. We're going to the darkest timeline. This is now a Final Fantasy fourteen podcast. <laughs> hey, Tony, I like Final Fantasy fourteen. Hey, Jake, I like crystals, too. <laughs> and this is, hey, I like Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, the spinoff podcast for Hey, I Like That Game. <laughs> this is our first and final episode. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> well, Tony, other than uh, staring longingly at articles about Final Fantasy XIV, what else have you been playing? No, the, the thing that I've been staring longingly at is uh, the newest character to the Super Smash Bros. roster, one Mr. Terry Bogard. Terry! So, fun fact about Terry Bogard, when I was 16 years old, I dressed up as Terry Bogard for Halloween. Um, I wish, <laughs> I wish, I wish I still had... I wish I still had the pictures. I wish I still had the pictures. But um, they exist somewhere. I love Terry Bogard. He's legitimately one of my favorite fighting game characters. He's the best. Um, I love SNK fighting games, but Terry's always been one of my favorites. So the fact that he came into Smash Brothers by itself, fucking amazing, right? And then I started playing with him, and he plays really well. Like He's, he's a very, very fun Smash Brothers character. I felt like the promise of uh, Ryu and Ken in Smash uh, comes to full fruition with Terry. I don't like playing Ryu and Ken in Smash Brothers. To um, to be fully transparent, I, I don't think they mm-hmm. I don't think they work very well. At least they don't work for my play style. Whereas Terry, it, it works. You know, he is about punishing your opponent, reading your opponent, and playing the footsies game. And like when you get that one stray hit converting that into a large combo. I mean, you got combos, you know, a really easy bread and butter combo with Terry can do like up to 40% fairly easily. And I've seen some combos that do, you know, upwards of 70%, uh, which is awesome. Like that's really cool. And then they balance that with him being slower with him having not a lot of tools to deal with like projectile or keep away characters, having him be really not that great off the stage, whether it's trying to edge guard or just trying to get back to the stage. So there's a lot of negatives for him, but he has a ton of positives too. And and the fact that they gave him a super. So once you're over 100%, you get access to two different supers, the Power Geyser and the Busta Wolf, which is like so fun. Yeah, those are some cool looking attacks. Yeah, man. That's why I love Terry Bogard. His attacks are great. The English is amazing too. Like the, are you okay? Busta Wolf! It's just like it's so <laughs> fucking great. I, the the first day that I played him, I, I spent like two and a half hours just like dicking around with him. I, I was only gonna play for thirty minutes, and then that that went down the shitter. And I was just smiling the whole time. I was so pumped. They they nailed it with this character. Um, this is actually the first time that Terry has had all of his special moves in one character. Because when you move from King of Fighters game to King of Fighters game, they usually take away a move here or there. Like maybe you won't have Power Dunk, or maybe you won't have Power Geyser in this game. Um, this is the first time they have everything together, which legitimately, Buster Wolf is like my favorite fighting game move of all time. And the fact that I can not only use it in this game, but I can like combo into it and have it be like a part of my strategy. It's it's delightful. It's 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 amazing. I love it so much. They nailed it. Super Smash Brothers continually shows me that um, Nintendo does know how to make good video games. I mean, we were just kind of slamming Game Freak for the the details that they mm-hmm. seem to be missing. But it's like, dude, Sakurai knows what's up. Yeah, the, the, yeah. This Smash Bros has been getting great support and great new characters, and it's. I'd, I love it still. I know. I can't wait to see what they do next. Every character is better than the last, for the most part. Um, so Terry and Smash, super great. The other thing that I've been playing, uh, a buddy of mine, we were trying to find something to play together uh, since I've kind of given up Heroes of the Storm for a little bit, uh, you know, support Hong Kong and all that. Mm-hmm. But I started playing Warframe. So Warframe's a free-to-play, third-person shooter kind of game. It's uh, It's been around forever since, like, 
you know, the launch of the PS4 is the first time I ever played that game. And it's a typical free-to-play game where there's a lot of grinding you have to do to unlock things unless you spend money. But the game itself is all right. Like, it's it's came a very, very long way since when I originally played it uh, on my launch PS4. It almost feels like a completely different game. They've added so much to it, so many mission types, character classes, items, mods, weapon types. There's an open world section now and there. There's PvP in there now. There's everything. There's there's um you can get like an animal companion that you can like raise and and uh and treat well. Like it's 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 very cool. It's a very good free to play game. I, I don't know if I'm gonna stick with it long term, but I'm having fun with it for now. So Warframe, uh not bad. Not a bad game. Alright. The last thing I wanna talk about that I haven't had too much time to put into it yet, but I can't wait, is a little game called Ring Fit Adventure. Oh my god, I can't believe it. Oh yeah. How is it? It's it's actually very cool. So for for folks that don't know, um, Nintendo typically ever since the Wii, they've been um, every console generation, they've put out a like a, a health and fitness game with varying a fitness game, yeah. Yeah, like a with varying degrees of quality, right? This is Nintendo's you know latest shot at it, Ring Fit Adventure. Per the name, there is a Pilates ring that comes with uh, comes with the game. You slide a Joy-Con into the into the ring, and it's able to sense pressure not only pushing in on it, but uh, but pulling out, and then it also senses the placement of the ring. You also strap another Joy-Con to your left thigh so it can uh, track your legs. It seems really odd when you first you know kind of put the whole thing together, but it is very fun. Um, the mini games are fun to mess with. There's an actual like story and like campaign mode where like you're fighting almost like RPG like battles, but um, your attacks are using <laughs> the, the campaign mode. I think that's hilarious. I know it's 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 really cool. It's it's really cool. And to be 100 percent honest, like it's a fairly good workout. I've only maybe played for like an hour or so, but the first time I uh, I unwrapped it and started playing it, I just went into the mini game section and started messing around with that. You know, after a good 20 minutes of playing it, like, I could really feel it in my shoulders. You know, like, my shoulders and my biceps. It comes with a bunch of workout modules. I think there's, like, 12 or 15 of them that kind of focus in on either different muscle groups or it'll be like, hey, this is for back and traps or or this one is for, like, lower body or this one is for uh, core, you know, things like that. Um, there's also an ability to, like, make a, um, a routine, which is basically, like, a playlist of different exercises and mini games and then like i said there's a campaign mode my plan since i have a wedding to get fit for is to uh start doing this on a daily uh so i think starting monday of next week i'm gonna try to do it you know every day at least for like 30 minutes and kind of stay consistent with it i i'm really excited yeah here comes buff tony i know dude i'm i'm (laughs) presented by switch I'm really excited for this because um, I've always liked gamifying my um, my workouts. Like, I'm not great at just, like, yeah. I, I, I can't just go run on a treadmill for 20 minutes or ride a bike for an hour. Like, I can't do that shit. I have to be, like, doing something. I would rather go play racquetball for an hour than, you know, hit a, an elliptical for an hour. You know, like, I, mm-hmm. I need an activity. So this seems like it's going to be a good, varied approach to, to working out. So I... I'm really excited to to start digging into it a little bit more. So uh, we'll do Ring Fit Adventure check-ins uh, on the podcast from now on. But uh, all right, but, yeah. and everybody keep an eye out on Twitter for Tony's shirtless before and after pictures. Oh yeah, that is horrendous. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I will not put you people through that. Uh, so I think that about wraps up the the front of the show. So um, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about the wonderfully weird. Goman's Great Adventure. Hey everybody, Jake here. 
Hope you're enjoying this episode of Hey, I Like That Game. If you have a question or a recommendation for Tony and I, you can reach us on our email address, which is heyilikethatgame at gmail.com. You can tweet me at likethatgame, or you can find our Facebook page, which is the Hey, I Like That Game podcast. Anyway, enjoy the rest of the show. Bye. And we're back. Welcome back to Hey, I Like That Game. Today, we are talking about a game that I brought to the table. It's called Goemon's Great Adventure. This game... So, the story of this game is... um, (laughs) So, I used to go to the video store all the time and would basically find any game that looked interesting to me and I would just play it. Little Tony was very into Japanese culture and anime, so anything that looked anime or anything like that, like I'd get super into it and try it out. Um, I think this this game came out in like 98 or something like that, so like kind of uh, right during the N64, like the life of that, like the, the, the solid life of the N64. So I'm looking for games to play. Uh, I went to my local video store, Mammoth Video, and they had one copy of this game. The art of it, this, this is actually, so I used to, I, I wrote an article once about this game spe- specifically and how it's like box art really just called to me. The box art itself is just like Goman, who is like a... Uh, an anime character from Japan. I think he's like a manga character, really. This dude that I've kind of seen before in, like, Japanese stuff, but really don't know anything about him. And he's on there flexing with his uh, three other, you know, anime-looking characters with, like, kind of a really shitty logo on there. And I was like, that's the game. <laughs> Gotta get into this. That's that speaks to me. That, that game speaks to then me. Then a man, a man from a time portal in the game store that looks suspiciously like an older Tony said, like, you have to buy this <laughs> so that 20 years later... It, I, I don't know. like talk about it. it. it um, there was something about this game that really drew me in. And this, this when, when the concept of this show came up, this was one of the games that was like first on my list of okay, I want to do this game because little Tony was in love with this game or like thought I remember really really liking this game, and I wanted I wanted a reason to go back and play it. So Goman's Great Adventure. So it's um, to tell you a little bit more about the game. It's a it's a platforming game. You know, kind of an action adventure a little bit, but it's mostly a platforming game, um, side scrolling platforming game. But it has kind of elaborate. Uh, 3D character models and backgrounds that kind of move with you, but you're always kind of on a 2D plane. I think like 2.5D. Yeah. Where like the models and everything is in 3D, but you move on a 2D plane. Right. Well, except for when you're in a town. When you're in towns, there <laughs> right. is yeah, there yeah. is 3D. I thought you were going to talk about <laughs> oh the other 3D oh, no. sections of the game, which we'll get to. We will get to that piece. Um, but, <laughs> but this game is... Um, it's definitely a platformer, first and foremost. Uh, like I had mentioned before, on the, on the cover of the game, it shows four characters. Those, there are four playable characters in this game that do have like varying abilities. So it's not just like they're all copy and paste. You know, They look different, but they all play the same. They do have slightly different mm-hmm. abilities, so there's reasons to, to try these other characters. And it it also offers a two-player co-op. I'm I'm sure you didn't really try that out, and um, I didn't use it on this playthrough. But it is, like, a fun Mm -hmm. little addition to this game, you know? It's It's there, and, like, obviously there was thought put into that and care. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this game, kind of like our last episode in Luigi's Mansion, the thing that really carries this game through is it's weird (laughs) ass charm. This This is definitely the weirdest game we've ever played. Like, hands down, weirdest motherfucking game we have played. It is, like, if you've ever watched an old school comedy anime, this is, like, that to a T. You know, Mm -hmm. weird-ass dialogue, just, like, crazy over-the-top, like, sight gags, super stereotypical characters, too. Um, It's... It's delightful. <laughs> it's absolutely oh, yeah. delightful. It has such a weird art style 
and all the characters are just turned up to 11, and so are their looks, and everything's, like, weird in a really interesting way, but it's not like a, ooh, so random sort of weird, but it's always, like, kind of appropriate to the characterization and, like, the environment they've put together. It's charming. I really like that part of it, the the whole presentation and character and story of it. Yeah, yeah. So the... um the basic thrust of the game is you are, was it Goemon, and uh, you're kind of walking through this forest with uh, with your buddy Ibitsumaru, who is like kind of, they're both ninjas, everybody's a ninja in this, because it, 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 takes, it yeah. takes place in kind of like a feudal Japan uh, time period, um, and they're on their way to go see their, their buddy, the wise man, who is an inventor. Uh, on the way there, they hear that the wise man created this device that can raise people from the dead for some reason. And another evil character, Bitsumaru, uh, who looks just like Ibitsumaru, but is like, I think a woman, but has a really... Like a palette swap? Yeah, yeah, it's it's really weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, and has a terrible, terrible evil person laugh. But like, in that really cheesy anime way. You know, like the... And like has a fan yep. that like goes. That over was the, actually that was a good. One. Yeah, that like goes over the <laughs> mouth. Like it's just like so stereotypical anime. Uh, but basically, Bitsumaru wants to summon this evil prince back from the dead or from the demon world or something, so she can end the world or whatever. Um, and then you you join up with your other uh, friends. The the I think I think he's a robot. Sasuke. He looks like a fucking robot. Sasuke is a robot. Yeah, Sasuke yes. the ninja robot. And then it was a. I checked the lore. <laughs> And then was it UA? Uh, UA, the half secret detective ninja, half mermaid. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you team up with your your squad, travel around anime feudal Japan and the underworld to stop the bad guys, and that's about it. So it's it's a really kind of boilerplate story, but my God, is it charming and hilarious? Oh, it's so good. The their like coat of paint they put on this i guess like boilerplate story is just so wild yeah and it's like seen in everything of just like the bombastic characters to even it's like the creative diversity of the enemies and the fact that every time you fight a final boss of an area it turns into a 3d giant mech battle yes yes so this is the thing that i remember the most uh from from it being a kid um, how this game is, like we were saying, a kind of 2.5D platforming game for the majority of the time. But when you get to the last stage of an area, which I think there's five areas, the final boss battle of the area is this giant mech fight which you're uh, you're in first person. You have various moves that you can uh, do, so it's not just like the normal attacks in the game are basically just like a melee attack, and then you have like some sort of projectile attack. This has like mm-hmm. the mech fights have little combos you can do. There's like a big yeah. laser beam shot you can do. Um, yeah, there is. They have um, a really unique mechanic that they that they blend into like the defense of the game where. There's two giant mechs fighting the bad guy at once, and they have mm-hmm. this like kind of a baton launch where you can throw the baton over to another mech, and then all of a sudden you're in that mech, you know, first person mode. Um, so it's a way for when an, uh, the boss is kind of coming at you with like a um, undodgeable or unblockable move, you can kind of switch uh, perspectives and then you know save your life or dodge the attack, which. Yeah, that's a lot of variety it's, to those fights. It really does. This game has surprisingly a lot of interesting little neat game mechanics like that. Just kind of like extra flourishes that weren't in a lot of other like action adventure platformer games. Um, <laughs> so part of that is just like the fact there are giant mech battles, or there's that neat mechanic of switching between mechs, which seems like pretty advanced for a game that came out in '98. Mm-hmm. There's these like, wide, sprawling levels that, like, always have a path to follow, but also diverge and have different, like, paths and requirements uh, for, like, switching up characters and getting to know all the characters. Uh, Like, the currency, like, the coins you collect in the game are also spent on projectiles, Mm -hmm. which is a good way of, like, maintaining how many just, like, 
projectile attacks you throw out right without getting without having you it incentivizes you not to spam it but you also get enough where you feel like you can use it whenever you need and like that was like balanced really well and you would always be left with enough to buy stuff in the town there's a lot of really neat stuff in this game uh which even now in 2019 seems kind of unique and novel yeah it's it's a fun it's a fun dichotomy between being in a level and then being in town the game likes to shower you with money, really, and then in town you can always mm-hmm. buy health upgrades and armor, and um, there's usually stuff to spend money on within the town to uh, to earn entry passes, which are basically like the, the the Super Mario 64 stars. So like once you get X amount of entry passes, you can kind of move to the final boss area. There's always little side questy stuff that you can do that's either like spend some money to to get an entry pass, but it's never just like here, give me this money and then you get it. It's more like, hey, I'm raising money to do this type of thing. Like, give me however much money and then uh, it'll help me do this thing, which then they'll give you an entry pass for, or they'll they'll mm-hmm. give you like here's a side mission that uh, you'll have to complete within an already uh, played through level, but it'd be like. Uh, find these different statues and put a hat on them and do it within mm, yeah. <laughs> do it within X amount of time and we'll we'll give you an entry pass. The thing about the towns that I really liked is that they're actually pretty huge. Like they're they are. they're very big spaces and they're filled with stuff. It's not like they're filled with a lot of useful stuff, but because the game is so goofy and wacky you want to go talk to all the NPCs because you never know what they're going to say or you never know right. what you're going to experience when you walk into like one of the little houses. I remember in the first town, I was just walking around like talking to people and, and experiencing everything. And I opened up this one house and there's a movie poster on the wall that says, Go Tanic. It's a <laughs> Titanic poster, but it has like <laughs> feudal Japan... <laughs> Like looking characters on there, including like a, a Gomon, and it's like, what? What the fuck is it? Like, what is happening? Why is that there? I did not find that. Oh, it's 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 delightful. I'll I'll post it on our our Facebook. Uh, it's it's a fun little thing. But like in that same house, there is a seemingly super anime attractive woman sitting there like fan over her mouth like cooing and such she's got these giant anime eyes and then you talk to her she needs money for whatever reason and then once you give her the money she flips up the fan and it's an old dude with this big grizzled beard missing teeth like going ah you know just being weird it's like what the what just happened (laughs) like it's this game yeah this game is that's this game (laughs) that game is full of moments like that i think we would be remiss to not talk about the game over screen because it is the best game over screen in any video game ever oh my god it really is (laughs) (laughs) so uh if you want to see this game over screen uh go to our facebook page i just uploaded a video of of the the game over screen so definitely check us out hey i like that game podcast on, on facebook it almost makes you want to die so you hit the game over screen Jake, I would love your description of what happens on this game over screen. So, just based on memory, while I'm waiting for it to uh, appear in front of my face, it's a uh, like a pretty demony looking demon who is wearing like a loincloth, and he just starts dancing to this m- ridiculous techno music, and he's doing like flexing poses. And then, like, at some point, he gets a hula hoop and two other dancers appear. It's so fucking weird! It's so weird. And it it is just unlike anything else. And that's sort of a good way of describing describing this game. Yeah, go to the Facebook page and actually look at it. It's, because there's no, there's no other way to, to experience the, it. The great part about that game over screen to me is that it really does come out of nowhere you know this game yeah this game is yeah it's very goofy it's it's very very goofy but the first time that you hit that game over screen and you see this it's like where the fuck does come from you never see those characters anywhere else there you never nope. hear that song anywhere else it's never even alluded Absolutely to not. so unless there is some that's a deep reference to the manga in some way i have no idea where that came from and it's fucking hilarious it's it's the best kind of like 
absurdist, over-the-top Japanese humor that I find so funny. It, it's it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, I found this game to be fairly difficult. Yeah, I... I'll, it definitely ratches, ratchets up the uh, difficulty as you progress through the game. Like, I didn't have much of a hard time with the game through Area 3, but Area 4 and Area 5 are hard. You know, they're hard and, they, yeah. and they're, they're very frustrating platforming. Uh, I'm really glad that I used save states uh, while I played through this game because otherwise mm-hmm. it, it would be very, very frustrating. You do game over a lot in the latter half of the game, um, so playing it with some sort of save states feels like the best way to to play it. Yeah, and the levels are fairly long, and they're pretty packed full of enemies, and it's pretty easy to even just like kids get three hit points to just like kind of mess up three times. And yeah, I mean, maybe that's just because I'm bad at video games, but I found that happened a good amount too. So yeah, the save states definitely save. Saved me too. Yeah, I was saved. Stated. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> um, it, it does do one of those one of those things where um, since it's a two D platformer, I, I tended to do this thing where like as I'm like walking forward, I would just constantly kind of spam my melee attack to hit enemies before they come on screen. Mm-hmm. I, it it actually that that's funny that um, I just made this connection. I played it very similarly to how I played Shinobi Three: uh, Return of the Ninja Master. Oh, where, oh, yeah, deep cut. Check out the Shinobi episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I played very similarly to that. But but one thing I want – I also want to link back to some comments I said before. Uh, remember on the Bioshock episode where I talked about how I don't like Sonic games because they don't truly feel fast? I, I thought of Sonic 2. Yeah, this game feels fast to me. Like the pace feels – Yep. Right? You can move... They feel a lot like Sonic games done right. Right, exactly. You can move very fast through the levels. Like, you can just run, run really quickly. There's a really good sense of momentum. It can get spoiled by the, the sheer amount of enemies on the screen at times. But if you have an upgraded version of your weapon, which you get these little, um, there's a lucky cats or whatever that upgrade your weapon. So if you have like the third tier weapon, it's your, your reach is very long. It kills things in almost one hit for the most time. So you can just speed run through levels, constantly hitting melee and making sure you hit your jumps and you can dash through levels really, really fast. Um, I really, really, especially in the earlier world. Yes. I really, really like that. It's like, I do too. It has a really good feel to it. It has all the charm and wackiness of, of like Luigi's mansion, but then it's paired with varied and solid gameplay. And it's like, man, it's, it's really hard to not like this game. I feel like, I feel like it's hard to not like this game. Yeah. I kind of. I kind of love this game. <laughs> I think it, it just, it's a, a really good feeling platformer that just does so much extra stuff. Um, I mean, like, my only nitpicks with it are pretty much fixed by playing on a, on, a, on a ROM. You get to do the save states, and, like, you get to look at a guide on the same way. Because getting some of the entry passes is pretty obtuse, and there are, like, some difficult moments in it. So, like, having those save states and having a guide open really helps. The only, like, real, I think, kind of critique I have on the game is for how, like, bright characters are both in their design and their uh, like characterization the environments are kind of bland at least as far as like the textures and the colors go it's just like kind of either mushy green forest or or graystone castle or like these brown kind of crummy looking wooden planks and that's kind of what's used in the entire game and everything else around the environments was cool but like i wish they had done just a bit more to spice those up I, I'm, I'm right there with you where some of the backgrounds are really bland, but it's like the foreground is always so interesting to me that's like I don't really care as much what's mm-hmm. going on in the background. Um, this game is really cool. This game's super cool. It's like it's like the definition of like a hidden gem in my opinion. Like this game is it's I, I'm not telling I wouldn't tell you to like run out and buy this game. Like it's not like something that's like oh you gotta play this. But this is like the perfect mm-hmm. game if you want to play something for a lark. And just have, like, a wacky, fun time with something. And probably not even beat it. Like, I would almost say this game isn't worth beating. Because it does get frustratingly hard in the last two <laughs> sections. 
Um, and the fi- yeah. and the final boss is actually kind of a letdown. The the final mech fight is really long and drawn out, and it's like it's easy once you get the 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 pattern down of of the actual fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. The final boss fight against um, Dukuchi, uh, uh, Yeah, uh, he uh, <laughs> like you beat his one form, and then he transforms to this giant werewolf-looking thing. But you do get to like once you hit him enough times, you go inside his mouth and like beat on his the inside of his mouth, which is kind of cool. This is just a game that should be experienced if you have the means to do so. It's great. I I'm guessing from from the positivity in your voice, Jake. That this is a hey, I like that game. This is this is a hey, I like that game. Yes! This was something I was not expecting to enjoy as much as I did. Definitely a hidden gem of the N sixty four. Again, you don't have to go out and buy it, but I mean, if you have the means or just like come across it at any point in time, it is definitely worth sitting down and playing some of it because it is really fun and yeah. Hey, I like that game. Yeah, solid, solid recommendation, Tony. I, I would assume from your positivity. Oh, hey, I like that game. Totally, Woo, two thumbs up. Yeah, the, um, like I said, this is the epitome of why we do this podcast. This is the game that, to me, I, yeah, is, I absolutely think the same thing. This is the reason. I'm glad you enjoyed it just as much as I did. I'm glad, little Tony was super weird and loved playing weird video games as a kid. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad I got into this as opposed to, you know, uh, some other dumb shit. Sports. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, that does it for uh, Goman's Great Adventure. Uh, Jake, do we ha- Oh, oh, not not just yet. Oh. Tony, did you watch the anime for that show? No, I like so it's funny. <laughs> I've never watched anything outside of this i know that they put a skin in smash brothers uh-huh. for this character but i know nothing else about this character i watched the first episode of the anime <laughs> um it is very wacky um it's a digimon type story where uh goemon and his friends and the bad guys are from the video game world what? and they come into the real world and it's so bizarre of a show and for it to be like set up as like a in our like the real world but with video game character heroes is absolutely bizarre the first episode is on youtube it's wild i need to watch check it out i need to watch this i need to watch this (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah anyway um i have a few emails for us all right fire them off emails let's go so this first email is from Leo. Leo uh, says, Hello, guys. Writing just to thank you for uh, the very nice episode and to share my experience with Luigi's Mansion as well. Oh. I was from a small town, and my uh, girlfriend, we were 15, got a GameCube as a gift from her father he brought on the trip. The only games she had uh, were Eternal Darkness and Luigi's Mansion, and we had many afternoons playing those together. What made it extra fun is that this was her first console ever, and she was really bad with the analog stick. <laughs> and Eternal Darkness was too messed up, and we weren't able to get much far into it, so Luigi's was the disc we kept spinning in the tray for weeks and weeks. You can imagine how fond this game was in my memory. Uh, the next game she got was the Zelda Wind Waker and Ocarina of Time bonus disc, Woo! which we played the first one um, for chronology's sake. And I found it quite scary uh, with all the spiders and the inside of the whale level. Cheers from Brazil. Keep up the good work and thanks. Uh, Leo. Uh, so Leo, we got a cheers from Brazil. I, right? Official international nostalgia video game podcast. Woo! Uh, Leo, thanks for writing in. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Love it, man. Uh, it's it's great. Uh, keep listening. Those were a lot of experiences I, I had, too. Like, I would always make my brother, uh, my older brother, play the like the scary levels in Ocarina of Time because I couldn't handle playing them yep. and like the difficulty with the analog uh, analog stick. And it made me think of Eternal Darkness, which is a game I never played, but here is a cult classic. Might be might be something to pick up later. But anyway, Leo, thanks again for the email. Yes, thank you, sir. Then as a way to kind of shoot into our next episode and the next game, we got another email from DJ. It uh, says, hello, fellas. This is DJ again, your favorite fan named DJ, which I think is official. If you're another fan named DJ, let us know. Fight to the death! Um, 
just listened to the Pokemon Gold Silver Crystal episode. Want to let you guys know that I will always be listening. I believe I've officially listened to every episode, or at least 99% of them. Uh, only one left is Bioshock, which I will be listening to on my way to work and home to get, uh, today. Thanks for keeping the content coming. I love you guys and hope to join you for the Warriors episode or other Futures games. Can't wait for Luigi's Mansion or whatever you guys uh, have next. Uh, then he recommends P.S. Ratchet and Clank uh, slash Jack and Daxter has to be on the list, Ooh. which we might have to put on at some point. But, DJ, thank you for the email, and you are going to be the next guest on Hey, I Like That Game, where we, we will be playing your first request, which is Warriors Orochi 3 Ultimate. Which is a um, miso game. So I'm pretty excited to talk about this one. Yeah, I. Um, so my only real connection to Dynasty Warriors was um, I had I think it was Dynasty Warriors two for the PlayStation three. I think it was. It was a launch game for that console. I played a ton of it, but I got really bored of it because it's a very simplistic <laughs> game. That that whole series is known for okay, you're one guy versus literally hundreds of enemies, a giant army, and then you're just going to kill them all. I know that the series has moved forward in a lot of different ways since then and added some more mechanics and some more RPG stuff to it, which sounds up my alley, um, and I just haven't played them. So I'm actually really excited for this. So DJ, great call out. Can't wait to talk to you about this game. Thanks again, DJ, and thanks again for uh, the message and all the shout-outs on Twitter. And we'll be seeing you next time for Hey, I Like That Game. So if you want to email us, email us at uh, heyilikethatgame at gmail.com. Give us a follow at Twitter at Like That Game. Definitely join uh, join the conversation on Facebook at uh, Hey, I Like That Game podcast, where you can see the crazy game over screen from <laughs> Gomont's Great Adventure. Definitely make sure to rate and review. All of that stuff helps us. Uh, get the name out there and now I want to try this out let's see how this feels we want to have like a closing for the show so we think that this kind of exemplifies us and like the message of the show live life passionately love each other unconditionally and play games obsessively peace out everybody Thanks for listening everybody make sure to subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this on and also drop us a rating and review it would really mean a lot to us thanks tune in next time